0: <laughs> Where are they? Oh, okay. All right. Let me share a card with you, if I can, with, from Brother Cass and Miss Gay. With special thanks, this extra special thank you note sent to you today holds more appreciation than any words can say. For you're among the nicest people I have ever known, and you'll never be forgotten for the thoughtfulness you've shown. Thanks for everything. Thanks again with love and prayers, Cass and Gay Shook. Man, that's sweet, brother. Amen? I like that, big time. Thank you. Well, being that you wouldn't let me preach all day last Sunday on marriage like I wanted to, uh, I'm going to continue today, preaching some more biblical secrets to a happy marriage. Now, the title of the message tonight is, or this morning, is man and wife or spouse and strife. It's pretty much your choice, you know it? But uh, sadly, marriage uh, bears the brunt of a whole lot of humor. But you have to admit that marriage is just one of those relationships that's an easy target, amen? I mean, people are just, man and wife are just so different, it's incredible. Let me share some of that humor with you. Uh, While attending a wedding for the very first time, a little girl whispered to her mom, Mother, why is the bride dressed in white? And the mother replied, Because white is the color of happiness, and today is the happiest day of her life. And then the daughter asked, him, or asked his mother, uh, Well, why is the groom dressed in black? <laughs> Night and day. Men and women are different. Uh, listen carefully to this story about Grandpa Jones. Grandpa Jones was celebrating his 100th birthday. And everybody was complimenting him on how athletic and well-preserved he looked. And he said, gentlemen, I'll tell you the secret of my success. I have been in the open air day after day for some 75 years now. Those attending the party were impressed, and they asked Grandpa Uh, to explain how he was able to keep up this rigorous fitness routine. And Grandpa answered this. He said, well, I'll tell you how I've been able to keep this physique. My wife and I were married 75 years ago, and on our wedding night, we made a solemn pledge. Whenever we fought, whoever was proved wrong had to go outside and take a walk. (laughs) I knew it was going to go over y'all's head. Grandpa Jones had a great physique because he was always wrong. Amen? Men, are you here? There's one of you. Men, are you here? Say amen. 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 You want some cheap advice? No. I'm going to give you some anyway. Your wife is always right. Whether she's correct or not, your wife is always right. But seriously, despite all the attacks on marriage these days, most young people still hope to get married and stay married. But as we found last week, it takes a lot of adjustment to have a happy marriage. Tell me if you've ever heard these book titles on marriage before. Women are from Venus, and men are from? Ooh, you have heard that one. Here's one I bet you haven't heard of. Women are like waffles, men are like spaghetti. What do those titles on marriage tell us? Men are different from women. As night and day is different, so are husband and wife. But what I want you to know this morning is, that's okay. It's okay that you're different. I wouldn't want to marry Janet if she was like me. Amen? That would be pretty bad. I know, I fell right into it. It's okay if men and women are different. If husbands and wives are different, it's okay. As long as we learn to understand the other. As long as we learn to embrace the differences, we're going to be just fine. Those people in a happy marriage continually strive to take two separate wills and combine them, blend them, if you will, into one individual flesh. But sometimes we know that one flesh often is still capable of going different directions. Now, it's said that human beings uh, all seek at least two different things. Human beings seek security, and human beings seek significance. But when it comes to which one is most important, men and women think differently. When it comes to which one is most important, security or significance, men and women often lean in opposite directions. Generally speaking, women value security above significance, while men value significance above security. But what a happy marriage does is this. A happy marriage gets over the control phase and into the cooperation phase. If you're busy trying to control your spouse, you probably are not going to have a very happy marriage. But if you are in cooperation with your spouse, the chances of you having a successful and happy marriage are far, far greater. Today, I believe that the Apostle Peter tells us that God wants Christian husbands to be gentle initiators. And he wants Christian wives to be confident responders. So let's read what Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 3. Follow along with me, beginning in verse 1. Wives, likewise, be submissive or cooperative to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word. Now that's a problem for most women, amen? Amen. Is that a problem for a lot of women? Them without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear of God, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, as in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands! Likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Let's pray. Father, we're going to trust you this morning to show us how to have a happy marriage. Father, we learned last week that there are many things that we need to understand about the sanctity of marriage, that you created it. But Lord, we also want to know today how we can avoid or at least resolve conflict in our marriages. Father, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name and all the people of God said. Amen. Amen. Once again, God wants Christian husbands to be gentle initiators while desiring that Christian wives be confident responders. And most of the time, although not always, if we'll heed Peter's advice in these seven short verses, if we'll heed his advice, it'll make for a better marriage. But let us not forget this. These are not just words from the Apostle Peter. These are words from God who created marriage. He knows what's best for our marriages. So first of all, let's speak to the women. Women, are you here this morning? Women, are you here this morning? Thank you. The Word of God encourages you to develop a gentle attitude. To develop a gentle attitude. Ladies, I want to share several points with you about developing a gentle attitude. First of all, women, you may not even know this, but a woman's sense of power is often connected to her beauty. A woman's sense of power is often connected to her beauty. Peter begins this section by telling us that it's an internal, submissive, cooperative spirit that can actually impress a lost husband. Let's read that again. Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that if even some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied By fear. But here's the temptation for a lot of ladies. The temptation for a lot of women is to focus primarily on outer beauty. Now, I'll be the first one to say that this church building is filled with beautiful women. Amen? Beautiful women on the outside. But listen to what verse 3 says Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing the gold, or putting on fine apparel you see friend as a woman begins to age and her outward beauty may fade then she often feels that she's no longer the center of attention but listen to this if that same woman has been developing her inner person if that woman has been strengthening that internal loveliness that is a a gentle and quiet spirit that's so precious to God, if she's been developing that, her beauty will never fade. In fact, if she's developing that inner person, she will more than likely be more beautiful than she ever was as a young lady. But if she's shallow within, if she's filled with self-importance, then she may have some beauty left on the outside, but she can be downright ugly. On the inside. Have you ever known a woman like this before? A woman who was gorgeous when she was young. Guys used to make googly eyes at her. You know what a googly eye is, don't you? (laughs) Guys would make googly eyes at them all the time, but then when they got older, their beauty began to fade. And that woman would begin to make an absolute fool out of herself, acting and dressing like a teenager just to get attention. Do you know anybody like that? No names, please. You know somebody like that? I know what you ladies do. Look at what she's wearing. Can you believe she's wearing that? Instead, here's what a spiritual Christian woman does. A spiritual Christian woman focuses primarily on the inner beauty. Listen to verse 4 again. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious. Say very precious. Very precious in the sight of God. Does God care about what you look like on the outside or what you look like on the inside? The inside, amen? Wow, that's what Christian women ought to do. Focus on the inside. You may have heard Proverbs thirty-one thirty, where the Bible says that charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Beauty on the outside is fleeting. Beauty on the inside is permanent. I read about where David Guzik, a man says uh, that a woman can do one of two things. She can trust her own ability to influence and control her husband, or she can trust God and cooperate with his plans for the husband. It's one of two. You can do it all yourself, or you can trust God. Which one are you going to do? It all comes back to trusting God. She should be like those holy women of old, the holy women of the Old Testament who trusted in God. Read verse five with me again. For in this manner, in the former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves. How did those holy women in the Old Testament adorn themselves? With that inner beauty, that inner loveliness, that inner charm that made her knocked down, dragged down gorgeous. She was beautiful, on the inside but you know that's tough for a lot of women these days a lot of women feel vulnerable when they trust God completely they feel vulnerable when they submit to their husbands this way some people see this kind of trust as being passive some women see this kind of trust as being weak but do you know what God says not so not so He gives this example of Sarah. And let me tell you what, Sarah was anything but weak. Look in verse 6. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Instead of being a headstrong wife who demands that her husband do this and does that or change this and change that, God gives you an alternative approach. He says, here's an alternative for you. Approach your marriage by faith. Approach your marriage by cooperation. Approach your marriage by submission. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you that husbands and wives ought to mutually submit to one another, and that is scriptural. But let's look at God's approach to marriage, not what human beings think about marriage. I gotta tell you that Sarah she wasn't no wimp. I mean, Sarah was a strong lady. Uh, and it, there came time when uh, Sarah had to freely express her opinions to Abraham. And she did that. So that tells me that women who are being walked on, and there are women out there that are being walked on, they're not following the example of Sarah. Because Sarah was a strong lady and, and let her opinions be known. Uh, generally speaking, Sarah went along with Abraham. He followed, she followed Abraham as God or as Abraham followed God but listen to this I think that she let him say let him she let him be the spiritual leader amen that's the key ladies you got to let him you got to let him be the spiritual leader you got to let him make the major decisions you got to Uh, let him do what he thinks is best for the marriage and for the home. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't roll your eyes at him. Amen? It doesn't mean that you might not become frustrated with his bad decisions, but at least you'll be able to make those decisions. I'm glad that you guys don't roll your eyes at your husbands. Amen? Amen? (laughs) Okay, whatever. (laughs) All right. Here's the key. The scriptures tell us that when Sarah needed to, she chimed in with her husband. When she needed to, she let her opinion be known. And Peter tells us that Sarah honored Abraham. She honored him as the head of the household. And, she, and Peter says this, that if you'll follow Sarah's steps, if you'll do what Sarah did, if you'll do the right thing, then you'll never need to fear the decisions that your husband might make, whether they're good decisions or bad decisions. You'll never need to fear those decisions your husband makes if you follow the example of Sarah. Now, I want to tell you some things uh, in this short passage through the first six verses uh, that Peter means and some things that he doesn't mean it's a real, real easy for somebody to, to look at verse 3 and say you know what that means I, I can't arrange my hair and I can't wear gold and I can't wear nice clothes but that's not what Peter means he does not he is not saying that Christian women shouldn't wear jewelry he is not saying that you should not braid your hair he's not saying that you shouldn't wear gold he's not saying that you should not dress nicely he's also not saying that you should take physical abuse He's also not saying that you should be a doormat because you should not under any circumstances. But let me tell you what he is saying. He's saying you need to trust God. Above your husband, above anything else, you need to trust God to help you overcome your fear of being vulnerable. That seems to be the problem with women relinquishing their own rights and submitting to their husbands is they feel so doggone vulnerable like they don't have any control over their lives. So I want to ask you to take God's approach. I want to ask you, ladies, to encourage your husbands to initiate. Encourage your husband to make decisions. Encourage your husbands to take up his spiritual role as the leader in the house encourage him to do that encourage him and then once you've encouraged him to do those things then respond to him gently even if you disagree now i'm glad that there are wives in this room that don't disagree with their husbands ever amen huh whatever all right what i'm saying is is you need to encourage him encourage him to initiate to make the decisions and take up his role as the spiritual leader in the house then respond gently a gentle responder, a confident responder, even if you disagree with what he thinks. If you want to get close to somebody, you want a more intimate friendship with somebody, you've got to risk trusting that person. you got to take a little risk and trust him, even if some way, somehow, you think that they might fail you. Even if somehow you think, you know what, I know good and well he's going to fall short of my expectations. I know he's about to blow it. I disagree with him. I think he's getting ready to really make a mess of this. But allowing him to make that decision, even if you disagree, is being a confident responder. So women, Peter, God encourages you to develop a gentle attitude. Now Peter gives some advice to the men. Men, are you here this morning? There's three, four of you. Men, are you here this morning? Amen. Amen. God encourages men to develop gentle behavior. Develop gentle behavior toward your wives. Look in verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife. As to the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. From 1991 to 1999, ABC ran one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. Uh, does anybody remember Home Improvement with Tim Allen? Favorite show. Tim Taylor was the character's name. Accident prone. uh, Never read instructions. uh, Was always looking for a way to make his tools more effective. And he would say with a macho grunt, Oh, oh, oh! More power, more power! Y'all remember that? I loved Home Improvement. I loved that show. But it reminded me that by definition, men are just not gentle. For the most part, Men are just not gentle. Uh, And I think that men can, can have a little bit of liberty with other men to not be gentle. But let me tell you this, guys. When it comes to your wife, when it comes to your wife, God has called you to behave gently. To behave gently. You may say, but you know, I'm just not a gentle kind of guy. My wife understands me. She knows that I can't be that way. She knows I'm not that tenderhearted. But let me tell you what that is. That is a cop-out. That is a cop-out. Men can behave gently when they choose to. Did you hear that, guys? You can behave gently when you choose to. Have you ever noticed how gentle a man is when he's dating? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, opening car doors. Oh, man, listening to all the problems. Man, willing to talk and communicate about all the day's events. Paying attention to every word she utters. Why? Because he chooses to. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he chooses to. Now, I know that women can have the gift of gab. My precious bride has the gift of gab. She knows it. I know it. In fact, I was on on the Internet on Thursday, and I was looking at this online interview that was transpiring, and for the first four hours of that live Internet poll on Thursday, nearly 5,000 people responded 94% to 6% that women talk more than men. I believe that's probably pretty accurate. And new research supported that. Saying that the average woman speaks 20,000 words a day. While the average man speaks 7,000 words a day. Can I get a testimony? Amen. 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 <laughs> Who said that amen? Lloyd. All right. <laughs> I got one on my side. Oh, that's funny. Uh, many of you may not know David Gregory. But David Gregory is a, a reporter, and he's been filling in for Matt Lauer this week on the Today's Morning Show. And David admitted to a reporter this past Thursday that he's a talker. He loves to talk. And he even told this one story from college when someone told, David, or someone told David Gregory, you are talking a hole in my head. That's a lot of talking, amen? You are talking a hole in my head. But listen to what his wife says. She says, I'm the chattier of the two. Wow. If a man can be gentle and communicate when he's dating, why can't he be gentle when he's married? Amen? Let me tell you how the the ancient Jews teach verse 7. They say, Let a man always take care of the glory of his wife. For there is no blessing found in a man's house but for the sake of his wife. She's the only blessing there really is. She is it. She's the stuff. She's the gold. She's the one who needs to be on that pedestal. She is it in the man's house. Therefore, honor your wives that you may be rich. Guys, you want to be rich? I know you do. Honor your wives. Bless your wives. They also had a saying like this. Now, you may not know it, but Janet's about 5'2". She's a little short. And... This one kind of spoke to me. It says, if thy wife be of short stature, then bow yourself and whisper to her. What does that mean? Men, we ought to be catering to our wives. Doing whatever you got to do to honor your wife. For she, friend, is the crown of the marriage. She's the crown of the marriage. Women crave security. Men crave significance. How in the world am I going to get the significance I crave? Well, all I got to do is just put my wife on the pedestal she deserves. All I have to do is elevate my bride above myself. All I have to do to get the significance that I crave is to understand her feelings, to strive to honor her in every way, realizing that we are heirs of God's grace together man see when men give honor to their wives in this way then all of a sudden the man will be the single most significant person in their wife's life you want significance honor your wives you want significance men put your wife on the pedestal she deserves let her be the crown of your marriage But you know what the problem is? Most men don't realize how harshness destroys a marriage. Sometimes we men are unaware of how we come across. On our Wednesday morning Bible study this past Wednesday, we talked about the fact that uh, speaking heaven's language involves not only what we say, but the way we say it. Not only what we say, but the way which we say it. And God's word teaches us to speak the truth in love. To let our speech be seasoned with salt. And I can't remember who said it, but somebody, I said, what does that season with salt mean? So that it tastes good. Amen? That's pretty legit. He also, the Bible also says, let no corrupt speech proceed out of your mouth. What does that corrupt speech mean? Any word that causes damage, don't let it come out your mouth. Any word that's useless, worthless, don't let it come out your mouth. Speak heaven's language. You see, with women and children, both husbands and fathers need to watch their tone of voice. Husbands and fathers need to make sure that we monitor the volume. Especially when you get a little bit irritated, amen? Monitor the volume. We need to select our words very carefully with our wives. We need to make sure that we listen. Don't just bark out orders. Listen. And listen, if you don't get anything else out today, men, get this. Always, say always, men. Always be about building up. Never tearing down. Always be about building up with your words, never tearing down. As mama said, if you ain't got something nice to say, don't say it at all. I think that we men ought to treat our wives like a, like a precious a precious piece of china. Frank Gebelin says, in verse 7, The woman is called the weaker partner not because she's morally weak. She's called the weaker partner not because she's spiritually weak or intellectually weak. It simply means she has less physical strength. The husband got to recognize that difference. Recognize that and take that into account and regardless of any perceived weakness, the husband is to show, say show guys, the husband is to show his wife respect and honor and is to never treat her less than what she is, the crown of the marriage. So tall orders for the husband. A lot taller than the men, I believe. The woman, the wife, is the crown of that marriage relationship. And I thank Janet today for being the crown of our marriage. I pray you do as well. See, husbands and wives, they're... They're just co-heirs together in the grace of life. Women have an equal share in the heavenly age, and they got an equal share in this age. Women will experience the grace of God equally with men. In fact, Galatians 3.28 tells us that there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. See, men also got to remember to take out selfishness, take out egotism from their marriages because it breaks down their relationship with God. Did y'all hear that, guys? When you don't respect your wife, when you don't honor your wife, you are tearing away at the very foundation of your relationship with God. So you better live with your wives in an understanding manner. Our wives need Constant reassurance every day. They crave that security. Our wives deserve to hear, I love you. Our wives deserve to hear every day, I find you attractive. They deserve to hear that. Wives need their husbands to listen without offering advice all the time. Wives need husbands to listen without trying to solve the problem all the time. Just shush. I told somebody a couple of weeks ago that whenever I need to remind myself to shush, here's what I do. You know what that reminds me to do? Keep my mouth shut and listen. We can all take a lesson from that. Let us listen, men. Listen to our wives. See, men are to offer leadership. I believe that. Men are to offer leadership, but we're not to enforce it. God will do the enforcing, okay, if it's right and in His will. So we're to offer leadership, but not enforce it. Men, if you want to be close to your wives, and I pray that you do, if you want a happy marriage, and I pray that you do, then you need to learn to embrace the differences between your wife and you. Embrace those differences. Because marriage works a whole lot better. When couples consider the other... When a husband is so concerned for the needs and welfare of his wife, and when the wife is so concerned for the welfare and needs of her husband, then you know what results? A blessing. we got to move away from demanding and move into leadership. So, how a man treats his wife is a spiritual matter. A spiritual matter. And mistreatment of that marriage relationship breaks our fellowship with God and renders our prayers powerless. You know something? People think that if a a marriage takes work, then it must be a bad marriage. But the truth is this. A marriage that takes work is a normal marriage. Because all marriages take effort. What makes a marriage good or what makes a marriage bad is how hard each spouse is willing to work to preserve and make that marriage as good as it can be. So, do you want your marriage to be happy? Men, you just missed your big opportunity. Do you want your marriage to be happy? Yeah, uh, 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 yes. I want my marriage to be happy. Ladies, do you want your marriage to be happy? Then maybe it's time to get real. Do you hear that? Maybe it's time to get real. And if you're going to get real, what you need to do is work on yourself first. Work on yourself first. Wives, Focus on developing that gentle attitude. Men, work on focusing and developing that gentle behavior. So maybe it's time you got serious. Maybe it's time you got real about strengthening your marriage and making a happy marriage. I believe that God wants all marriages to be happy ones. But one thing I've realized is that a happy marriage is a choice. Did y'all hear that? What did I say? A happy marriage is a choice. And you got two opportunities to have a happy marriage. Two, Two ways to do that. You can follow God's plan for your marriage. Or you can follow your own plan for your marriage. But it is a choice. You do have a choice. Which one do you think is best? Which one's going to make you a happy married couple? God's plan. You know, when God said to his son Jesus, as when God sent him as a solution to our inherent sin problem, he said, if you choose, if you choose to believe in him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. If you choose. But it is your choice. Heaven or hell, it is your choice. An eternity with Him or an eternity without Him, it's your choice. God says, I'm not going to force you to love me, I could have created beings. That must love me. But I chose not to. And I chose to give you a choice. I'm not going to force you to believe. I'm going to give you a choice. But I'll tell you something that I do want to do, God says. I want to save you. I want to save you from that awful day of judgment against sin... That is coming one day. And people say, how could a God who is filled with love. Condemn those whom he created. But look what he did. He sent his own son. To help us avoid that. But it is your choice. And so God asks you today. Will you choose me? Have you chosen me? Are you living like someone who has chosen me? Is your marriage like a couple who has chosen me? It's your choice. Let's pray. Father, I'm thankful that you gave us a choice. Father, I'm thankful that you loved us that much. That even though our lives were filled with sin, you sent your own son to die for us. Father, if there's a person here this morning that hasn't made that choice yet, help us to understand that not making a choice doesn't take away the consequences of sin. Help them to be intentional. Help them to realize that a life in Christ, placing their faith in Christ, is the only way, as Brianna shared, the only way to heaven. Father, I thank you for marriage. And Lord, I thank you for providing instructions for a happy marriage. And Lord, I pray that your word has fallen on receptive hearts and that men would be gentle initiators and women would be confident responders. And the result would be successful and happy Christian marriages, Father. Lord, if there's a decision that needs to be made this morning, during this song, Father, I pray that you would give that person the courage and faith to take a step or to come and share that decision with me. And give me the opportunity to pray with them. Father, whatever it might be, I pray you'd make it so. In Jesus' holy name and all God's people said.